Because, you know, the way I was trying to get sponsorship was I was going to uh, in, in supermarkets and just trying to get the addresses of some companies and send uh, <laughs> just a mail to, to say, you know, I could uh, set up a team for you, which was absolutely the, the, the stupidest way to, to try to find sponsors. Hi, and welcome back to the Niche Aviation Podcast. This podcast brings you stories from unique aviation businesses. This week, I speak to Jacques Potlan of Apache Aviation. Apache Aviation was the first civilian aerobatics team to fly fast jets. Flying ex-Soviet military jets, Jacques performed air shows in 39 countries across Europe, North America, and Asia. From 2003, Breitling, the Swiss watch manufacturer, sponsored Jacques and seven of his jets to fly around the world to help them sell more watches. Despite numerous setbacks, including an exchange with an Algerian fraudster, Jacques' career is truly extraordinary. Hi Jacques, thanks again for joining me. Yeah, you're welcome. You became a pilot at 16 years old. Yep. I guess normal normal children have passions to fly, but not many go through with it. And it was also not many people get their pilot's license by 16. What made that happen? I, I don't know really what would be uh, the, the very beginning of the thing. Maybe um, it was in the 60s, mid-60s. I was very young and uh, my parents uh, took me to an air show. My father was in the Air Force, but he was not a pilot. And uh, there was a small air show uh, uh, in, in Freiburg in, uh, in, um, in, in Schwarzwald, the, the uh, w- w- western part of Germany. And uh, I saw those aircraft and also I saw the reaction of the spectators uh, cheering and clapping. And I think that it created to me something very special. In fact, I wanted to be a fighter pilot in the French Air Force. And uh, unfortunately, I was a little low sight and they did not accept me because of this. And it was a big frustration for me. So I decided to uh, try to find a way to compensate this frustration, to go around it. And uh, that reason why I started very early to go to uh, glider uh, trainings and, uh, and very quickly fly aerobatics because aerobatics was the closest thing I could find to do close to, to military aviation. So I guess you had this passion to become a fighter pilot. What, what was the moment when you found out that you couldn't become a fighter pilot? When I discovered I was not, it was not possible for me to become a, a fighter pilot, I was probably something like 15, 16. So I was dreaming to be a fighter pilot. I was, I was trying to do everything like what I thought would be a fighter pilot uh, would do things. And one more time, strong, big frustration. So I didn't do anything at school <laughs> because I had no motivation to do anything. Um, if we take it maybe a, a step forward from there in terms of at 27 years old, you started Apache. This would become Breitling or sponsored by Breitling, but not many people at 27 decide to start their own aerobatics team and actually go through with it. What, what at that point, what was going through your mind? How, how, did, that, how did that work out? After um, uh, having my 
pro-pilot license, started to fly aerobatics, doing aerobatic competition. Aerobatic competition cost me a lot of money, and I was not a wealthy person. I honestly walked miles to save bus tickets just wow. for my training to add some minutes uh, to my training. So I was flying competition. It was, I was okay, but rarely I was winning because I had no aircraft and, and I had very few money to train. The idea was how to fly more aerobatics uh, without paying. I was not thinking about earning my life from that. So the idea was to fly air shows. But if you have not a fantastic aircraft uh, to offer to the air show organizers or a world champion title or anything like that, it's very difficult to go in the air show business. And I think that my inspiration is coming from the Rothmans team, flying the four-pit special. And for me, it was a team. Team flying, formation flying is one more time the closest thing you you can find to military aviation and uh the the the, the pit special was an affordable aircraft uh, affordable not for my money because I, I one more time i had no money but it, it, it's it's not a fighter it's not an expensive aircraft so i i started to try to find some money some sponsorship to help me finance this Initially, I'm sorry, I started in 1980 to set up a two-team Apache uh, with rented uh, captain in hair clubs. Then in 1981, it was a three-ship captain um, team, and uh, it worked. We had a good success with the, with the air shows, and uh, I had the idea to try to get that into a professional uh, system, and I managed to get... Uh, three brand new SF-260 from Chia Marchetti going during Paris Air Show to knock at the door at the chalet and say, you know, I'm not a customer, but I, I want to promote your aircraft. <laughs> and it worked. And in the other hand, at the same time, Martini um, accept uh, to uh, give me some sponsorship. It was a very small budget. And uh, we start 1982 I had the aircraft. They were on my, my aircraft, but I was just renting them for a very small price. I had some sponsorship, and I launched the, 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 the Martini team at that time, and I set up Apache Aviation because they, we had to have a structure to, to, uh, to, to uh, organize the operations and all the financing. So that, that is the motivation of starting Apache Aviation. I was not an entrepreneur at, at that time, in my mind, it's because uh, nobody wanted to hire me to do this kind of job because there's no job like that in the world uh, that created. So it's not the um, the easiest way for sure. But if you really want uh, this, finally it can work. Did you know someone in Martini, or how did you get? How did you persuade Martini to sponsor you? Very interesting because you know the way I was trying to get sponsorship was going a very efficient way. I was going to uh, in, in supermarkets and just trying to get the addresses of some companies and send uh, <laughs> just a mail to, to say you know I could uh, set up a team for you, which was absolutely the the, the stupidest way to. 
to try to find sponsors. But one day I was in an air club somewhere and a guy was, Martini was doing some, some promotion and offering some drinks in a place. And this guy who was very local representative told me the head of um, marketing uh, is, is a, an aviation fan. You should contact him. And I contacted him and it worked. That, that's incredible. You were with Martini from 1982 to 1991. You were, although you moved from the, you moved to the PC7s in 97. After five years of the SF260, I moved to the PC7. In fact, it was, I was still um, uh, chasing my dream because, you know, the PC7, if you take the drawing of a PC7, it's very comparable to the one of a Mustang. It's a little smaller, but it was that much more than the SF260, an aircraft of my dreams, of, of, of all the books I read some years ago when I was a teenager. So going to the PC7, same procedure, Paris Air Show, knock at the door and say, you know, you, Swiss guys, you are successful, but you have a problem uh, in the public opinion in Switzerland because you're a neutral company, a country, and most of your customers are putting weapons on your aircraft. If you uh, cooperate with me, you're going to have a reference of a 100% civilian operator. And then you moved across, um, you got sponsorship from Echo in 1991. What, what happened is that after nine years with Martini, uh, we had new regulations for uh, alcoholic beverages and it was no more allowed uh, to get uh, alcoholic beverage sponsorship and promote an alcohol, which might be sensible in aviation. But anyway, um, and, and I, I, I've been very lucky um, to find um, uh, Echo through an agent. Echo was a temporary employment company and they were not really well known. In, in, fr in, in France, they were number one in business, but their top of mind was, was lower. And uh, uh, the guy I, I, I spoke to was the, the one more time, the marketing uh, director, uh, had no idea about aviation, no idea about air shows, but the image of the team for uh, human resources was something he was really keen. But the audacity I had one more time is to say, you know, your top of mind is much lower than the one of Martini. So if we do something together, we have to go from three to four ship. Because if you just keep the team with three ship, it will be considered like just surviving. And in the other hand, if you uh, go to a four ship team, it will be uh, considered as, as a, a new team, something more, and um, it worked. <laughs> I say that, but you know, for me, it's even, even now, I think it's a miracle. <laughs> and, and at this time, were you full-time or did you have another job or were you full-time focused on the aerobatics? No, I've been lucky uh, since the beginning, since 1982, to, to do that as a full-time job. At the beginning, during the five first, no, what now, a little more, uh, during the Martini period, uh, my wingmen were Air Force guys, and uh, it was a, a part-time job. When we started with HECO, we were much more involved, and it was a full-time job for everybody. 
and and so then I you were with Echo, and then Echo merged with became Ad Echo, and you were sponsored with them until was that nineteen ninety seven. And 1997 was the, the change of color. We went from the, the green to the red. And there was some frustration uh, inside the, uh, the, the new company that the, the symbol of the ambassador of Echo became the ambassador of the, 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 new, uh, the new company, the new group. And unfortunately, well, this uh, rivalry be- between the two, uh, the two origin, the two companies, uh, made the team to, to quit. And after that, uh, I made a mistake, and the mistake was to try to sell again uh, a PC7 team uh, because it worked with Martini, it worked with Echo, Adeco, and I was, I love the PC7, and I was absolutely sure that this aircraft uh, was and is still a fantastic aircraft for, uh, for, for a team like ours. And uh, I tried to market again to a new sponsor, the same team. And I had to, it took me three years to understand that my product had to evolve like any product. And when I decided to move from the PC7s to the jets, which was uh, a big decision for me because uh, at the end of the uh, ADECO corporation, we, we, uh, I bought the, the PC7s uh, because I wanted to have some, something to market. And uh, <laughs> it was a big risk. Uh, and I managed to resell those PC7s uh, with a good profit. And it gave me the, the possibility to buy the L-39s. And as soon as I bought the L-39s, I started with two. But finally, immediately, I found a sponsor. Unfortunately, this sponsor was Khalifa, an Algerian uh, guy. Uh, after some months, uh, went bankrupt. <laughs> a couple of really interesting points here. First of all, for the, I guess for the people listening, um, when you move across from the PC7s to the L39s, this is where you become completely unique. You're the first civilian um, aerobatics team to have jets. So maybe it's useful just explaining a bit of background behind the L39s. And I identified a company in Estonia who was refurbishing uh, ex uh, Eastern Block L39, and uh, they were quite cheap to buy and, and to operate. So I managed to, uh, to put those aircraft on the ramp, um, which also was a problem from a paperwork point of view, because if you want to operate an ex-military jet, uh, uh, you have to have the correct paperwork. And there is no certification, no nothing. So you have to be sure to get some paperwork uh, to be uh, allowed to fly air shows and, and any kind of aerial work. And how did you find Khalifa? Like, did you get the jets before you found Khalifa or did you know that? In fact, I, 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 I didn't know who he was. And uh, I just sent a, it, it was just a drawing, uh, not a picture because I, 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 not the aircraft at that time, of 239 in formation as a Christmas card. And I sent that to a guy who was working in an in a aviation magazine in France and he, he spoke, and one, one day I, I received a call from a guy, ah, are you uh, available? We want to sponsor you. Uh, 
I had no idea of what they were and the, where they were coming from. And, uh, and finally, we made a deal, but it was very difficult because those people are difficult to, 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 to deal with. And also these men, especially, it's not just a question of culture. And he was buying everything in France. He bought the, uh, the football uh, uh, Marseille uh, club and the Olympique de Marseille. And he was buying also things in Paris. And he was buying, buying, buying. But in fact... He had an airline, he had a, uh, a bank, so he was just bringing the money from the bank uh, to buy whatever he wanted to buy, but it, 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 it was not paying his invoices and he went bankrupt very quickly. So uh, at least it forced me to stay in business. That is the only positive thing, and that's a positive thing. And uh, because he went bankrupt, I uh, finally went to Breitling. I had good, good knowledge of the Breitling owner and, uh, and, and some people in the company, but Breitling wants new things. He didn't want to come as a third sponsor of the PC seven, PC seven team. Uh, they want, they wanted to do something new. At that time, the decision was taken to stop with the Breitling fighters. And I was not aware of that. And I did not push the Breitling fighters out of Breitling. The decision was already taken. But they were happy to, to do something with us. And, and the project was set up, this very first professional civilian jet team in the world. So I went there at the good moments. Uh, the feeling was good with the with the persons, and they said yes. And believe me, I was really relieved because I was very close to to just selling the aircraft and going out of operations. And the miracle happened at the one more miracle <laughs> happened at the right moments. And then again, it's 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 incredible because in 2003 you started with Breitling and and slowly from four jets you become seven jets um how did how did you persuade them that seven jets you really need as a civilian team that's that's what they needed i must say that the the beginning with four uh was also a small sponsorship and we started because i came to them very late in the season and they said okay uh, we, we're going to do a, a, a test and uh, we'll see at the end of the year. And at the end of the, of the season, uh, I went to the uh, headquarter in Grenchen and uh, the boss, Mr. Schneider, said, uh, okay, we keep you and we're going to have one aircraft. It's going to be five. Okay, great. Um, and after one year, it was um, um, Payer National uh, Air 04. And at the end of the display, um, he said to me, hmm, next year, you're going to be six. <laughs> My father will kill me, but we will be six <laughs> because his father still some shares and some influence in the business. And it was great because he took that decision. And Teddy Schneider is always taking decision with his guts. And uh, he really wanted to have the team growing. At the moment, he, he told me, what is the biggest uh, team? I said, that the French, there are 10. Are we going to do 11? I said, oh, please, no. <laughs> and fortunately, we managed to keep seven. Seven is a good number. 
a very good number for me. <laughs> so, um, Mr. Schneider was the head of Breitling, is that correct? The, the uh, co well, owner, um, it, it's a family, it was a family home business, uh, and, and he was a CEO. So, so that's that's really interesting. So, in two thousand three, and you start build your your jet team. How did how did that work in terms of as a team? Do you set your do you get set a budget for the year and you plan around that, or do you go in with specific events that you want to achieve that year? And how did how did how did that work? Um, to run a team like ours, uh, there are two keywords: quality, safety, and to achieve those two goals, you have to be professional, which means that you have a lot. Of fixed costs, and uh, the the great thing during all those years with Bradling is that we have been supported to properly operate, train, maintain the jets, and with this we were able to go everywhere they asked us uh, in Europe. Sometimes we were charging the air show organizers, but it was a minimal charge if we compare what we got uh, to what it cost. And without the sponsorship, it's just impossible to operate a jet team. Uh, the market value of a display uh, of our team, uh, air show organizers can pay 20,000, something like that, uh, pounds, euros, whatever. It's an average 25,000 in some case, but no more. And uh, if you consider uh, that the real budget, and I'm very open to talk about uh, budget. Uh, the operations for seven jet team is something around five million a year. So imagine how many shows you should you should have to charge to cover that budget. It's just impossible. Yeah. So without sponsorship, no team. I know going forward, you're hoping to operate thirty shows a year. Is that yeah. correct? Thirty shows a year, yeah. and that's and, and plays in in twenty five thirty thirty air shows and thirty venues venues. And 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 that budget is roughly about five million a year to maintain that. I think I think it was a little less when I talk about five. It's probably uh, the last years when we traveled uh, U.S. and uh, and and Asia, and. Uh, yeah. But I, I must I, I must say thank you to, to Breitling because we really had the um, the, ne the necessary budget to properly operate. Of course, we're not in the military system where you burn hours you don't really care about, um, uh, whatever it's for training or, uh, you know, for us, uh, there's no way to come uh, back from an air show, low altitude, just because it's fun, because you you, you might uh, be exposed to a burst strike. Uh, you you burn 40%, uh, 50% more fuel, and uh, and you have to pay somebody to clean the aircraft because you have the mosquitoes in the leading edge. The military teams are doing that because it, it's, it's no problem for that. They have the manpower, they have the money, or at least they have the, 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 an envelope they can play with. In our case, we, we were really trying to save as much as we could one more time to deliver correctly quality and safety. That, that's really, and, and one more time, it's, it's very much what I feel. Thank you to have been uh, um, supported this way during so many years. And and just on that, in terms of how do Breitling measure or how did they measure success for spending that budget? I have some information about the um, the American tour we did in 2015, 2016. 
is that the, uh, the, the, the media value we got is 10, t- 10 times the investment. And uh, also their uh, market shares were uh, growing um, at a moment when, when it was difficult because uh, most of the competitors had problems, they kept their level of business. Do you have a particular highlight? For a long time, I was. It was very difficult for me to answer that question. But I think that one of the one of the final displays we did uh, in our American tour was uh, flying in uh, in San Francisco for Fleet Week, and uh, we had three days of crystal clear blue sky, fantastic, and playing flying playing <laughs> the two words uh, between Golden Gate and and Alcatraz with no altitude limitation because we were clear down to uh, sea level uh, was an experience an unbelievable experience and uh, uh, if if there is a period i would love to uh, live again uh, it's probably the american tour yeah i can imagine um and so i guess moving on last year it was decided with brightling that they were looking for a co-sponsor and in the meantime they decided not to renew the the, the sponsorship of the apache team can you just talk us a bit through that when brightling sold uh, the company to a fund um, three years ago now the uh, the new owners uh, named a, a new ceo and uh, he wanted to change many things in the company, the marketing, the, the logo. The first thing he did is to change the logo and remove the wings from the logo. I think it's quite significant. And, uh, and uh, we had a contract until the end of last year, 2019. Uh, I was not able to, to, to cut that contract, but he didn't want to spend money on a team uh, like ours. From your perspective, you've had many setbacks before in terms of in 1999, you had two years without sponsorship. And how do you feel this time versus versus those other two times as a team? I, I, unfortunately, I think this is the end uh, because uh, for many reasons. The first is that um, um, this, this um, COVID situation made us um, quit with some negotiations we had with potential sponsors. Uh, today, it, uh, most of the companies are, are limiting their investments in sponsorship, uh, and uh, we did not succeed to. And, and, and I'm happy about that because, you know, what would I uh, deliver this year if I would have a, a, a big corporate sponsor? No air shows more or less no air shows at all in Europe this year. And we don't know for next year because I I don't know what's going to be the situation next year. The second point is that I think that more and more companies are very concerned about the uh, CO2 emissions. The green people are very strong. They are stronger and stronger. Even if uh, hair shows are very limited uh, footprints, there had been a, uh, a study uh, at the last Pioneer Show 2014 showing that only 2% of the footprint um, and carbon emission was linked to the aircraft. The 98% was linked to moving the spectators, which means if you go to a rock concert, if you even go to see the Queen or the Pope, uh, the difference will be for the same population only 2%. So it means that the hair shows are not 
doing so many emissions and 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 we have to communicate on that aviation is not doing so much emission at all but air shows it's very very limited and unfortunately i think it's very much um a track that companies are following say no no we are green we are green we are green but in fact uh, we might go to a very boring world <laughs> that's my opinion you've still got three l39s is that correct we still have the, the complete fleet uh we still have 11 but we we kept uh insured uh only five aircrafts and we do passenger flights we do uh some uh film uh things uh but it's limited and it it's uh it's an interim situation i wanted to keep potentially the team running but now i am at the moment when i uh, i think it's time to say uh, okay we we did something great we did it uh, for a long time we did it the way that nobody did uh before uh, it's time to say thank you uh thank you for staying alive <laughs> thank you for having done so many great things and um and i try to uh, to market the aircraft uh, I'm quite successful. I have uh, many prospects for private owners or also renting aircraft for long-term military contracts. And I would not be the operator. I would just uh, do some dry leasing uh, of the aircraft. And that the future, unfortunately, of the uh, Apache aviation structure and, and all the uh, aircraft, I had to lay off most of the pilots uh, because I just cannot sustain the fixed cost uh, to have a, a, a potential team in the anger, but not flying and not not being supported by anybody is just impossible. I've seen that you're doing some some training for pilots, but you're also doing people can come and experience what it's really like to fly a a, a jet. Yes, it's it's um, we are the only organization to offer the possibility to fly formation with multiple jets. Uh, and uh, that's very unique. Um, we developed a second business, which is uh, UPRT, the Upset Prevention Recovery Training, uh, which is now mandatory in the uh, EASA system. And unfortunately, it was quite a successful business, but we see the situation we had, the airlines are not hiring uh, anymore, and the, the, the need for training is very limited. So we, we developed a, a strong trend uh, on this UPRT, and unfortunately, it's slowing down uh, significantly. So, so our two main business are, are um, victim of the, this situation. And, and for anyone listening, if they want to get in touch with you and have questions, what's the best way of them reaching out to you? Uh, there is the, uh, the website, the Apache Aviation or Formation uh, uh, Flight, and, uh, and uh, you, can, you can book some flights. Uh, uh, you, if you want to bring me the sponsorship to run the team for the future, I would be more than happy to do that. And uh, But uh, one, one more time, I... I, I always expect a miracle, <laughs> but I'm, I, I don't really think this miracle will happen. I'm keeping my fingers crossed as well. Thank you. And, um, well, one more time, I, I've been a happy man for 38 years. Uh, I must say that uh, 
I started to talk about my frustration. My frustration, the frustration is far behind me. And in fact, the obstacle I had uh, not to be able to be a fighter pilot finally was very positive for me because I would not fly uh, now for many years. I would not have done all I have done. I would not have the life comfort I'm lucky to have today. So finally, if you get a no from somebody at a certain moment, maybe it's a good thing for you. And uh, you have just to walk around the know and find your way. And, and I've been lucky, very lucky to find my way for 38 years. Thanks, Jack. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As he mentioned, Jacques is currently looking for a new lead sponsor. If you know anyone who would be interested in speaking to Jack, then please get in touch. All my details are in the show notes below. I'm sure he would really appreciate any help. Thanks again and see you next week.